There is no doubt that the early church was a multi-ethnic church, and because of their unity within their diversity, the Roman Empire was fascinated and amazed, and a lot of people came to faith because of the love they seen that Jews and Gentiles had for each other through Jesus. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is a former NFL player. He's the author of many books, including How to Heal Our Racial Divide, What the Bible Says and the First Christians Knew About Racial Reconciliation. He is the founding and leading pastor of Transformational Church near Charlotte in North Carolina, one of the fastest growing churches in America. Dr. Derwin Gray shares how God led him into the ministry, sort of kicking and screaming, as you'll find out. It was the last thing he had in mind, but then God began to show Derwin his vision for his church, his family, a family made up of many colors and many cultures. It's the vision God had for his family from the very beginning. Let me read to you from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's the story of when God promises Abraham a family in Genesis. People were cruel and mean to one another. They got sick and died. God's world was still full of tears. It was never meant to be like this. But God was getting ready to do something about it. He was going to make all the wrong things right and he was going to do it through a family. Abraham, God said, how many stars are there? God was about to tell his friend a wonderful secret. Uh, let me see, Abraham said, rolling up his sleeves. But have you ever tried counting stars? Then you know how hard it is. 993, 994, 997. Uh-oh, no, wait. One, two, of course. He kept losing count. Too many, he said. Guess what, God laughed. I will give you so many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, you won't be able to count them either. Abraham couldn't help giggling at such a wonderful idea, but he stopped himself. How could he have a family? Don't be silly, he didn't have any children, let alone grandchildren. He wiped away a tear. Anyway, it was far too late for him to start having babies at his age. He was 99 years old. What could God mean? Abraham, God said, believe me. And then God told Abraham his secret rescue plan. Abraham, I will make your family very big, God promised, until one day your family will come to number more than even all the stars in the sky. Abraham looked up at the dark night sky, thick with stars. 
You will be my special family, my people. And through you, God said, everyone on earth will be blessed. God was going to rescue the world through Abraham's family. One of his great-great-great-great-grandchildren would be the child, the promised one, the rescuer. Dr. Derwin Gray encourages us to see as Jesus sees, to love as Jesus loves, and to see God's beautiful family that Jesus died to rescue, that he brought us all into, a multi-ethnic and multi-colored family, and all of us loved the same. As Dr. Derwin so eloquently puts it, different for the better, different by design. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Dr. Derwin Gray. I never wanted to be a pastor. I wouldn't have known what a pastor is. My wife wouldn't have known what a, what a ministry leader is. Neither one of us grew up following Jesus. We actually came to faith in our uh, late 20s. Uh, I came to faith through a teammate by the name of Steve Grant. We both played for the Indianapolis Colts, and from 1993 to 1997, um, I literally watched him every day after practice wrap a towel around his waist and get his Bible and share with my teammates, do you know Jesus? On August 2nd, 1997 is when I came to know Jesus in a small dorm room in Anderson, Indiana. It was my fifth year uh, with the Colts. It was a training camp at Anderson College. And uh, in my dorm room, I called my wife and I said, I want to be more committed to you and I want to be more committed to Jesus. And that's when I knew I was loved, I was forgiven, I was graced, I was transformed. And so going into that next year, 1999, both my wife and I decided it was time for me to retire from the NFL. I got invited to speak at a youth event in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, they had heard I was an NFL player with a testimony. I didn't even know what a testimony was when they told me. They said, yeah, you get to share your story of how Jesus changed your life. And uh, I really argued with God. I'm like, God, I grew up as a compulsive stutterer. Why would you want me to go somewhere and talk when you know that's been such a place of pain for so long? And I just sensed God say, listen, if I can raise my son from the dead, I can raise your tongue to talk, but you have to go. And so I went and it went incredible. A lot of kids came to faith in Jesus. And the next day, people just started calling me out of nowhere just to come and speak. In about 2004 or 2005, both my wife and I began to say to ourselves, why is it then when, when we were non-Christians, we would be partying in the nightclub and it looked like Revelation 5-9, every nation, tribe, and tongue. But Jesus' club in America is separated along racial slash ethnic lines. Why is it that I could only go to the white church or the black church? So one of the things that followers of Jesus struggle with, as well as those who don't follow Christ, is they don't know the incredible story of God, right? So something epic happens in Genesis chapter 11. People build this tower, which is symbolic of saying, we want to be our own God. We're going to form our own gods. And God separates them by language. It's called the Tower of Babel. In Genesis 12, 
in essence, God says, I'm going to get my family back. And the way I'm going to get my family back is through this man named Abram. I'm going to change his name to Abraham, which means father of many. And he says, Abraham, through you, I'm going to bless the whole entire world. And so through Abraham comes uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which forms the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel is to reflect who God is through keeping what's called the Torah or the Ten Commandments, a distinct way of living. But Israel fails. And so Jesus, the Messiah, comes. And when Jesus, the Messiah, comes, he comes to fulfill his father's promise to Abraham to get him a multi-ethnic family. So Jesus, through his sinless life, atoning death on the cross, resurrection, fulfills God's promise that whoever trusts him, Jew, Gentile, white, black, Asian, Latino, indigenous, whoever you are, when you trust Jesus, you're not only forgiven of your sin, but then you enter this family with different colored skins. And it's the family that God promised Abraham. And so for the early Christians, the idea that you could be a part of God's family and have prejudice towards someone who's ethnically different is foreign. One of the miracles of the early church was former enemies became family. Adversaries became brothers and sisters. That this movement of Jesus accomplished what Rome could never accomplish. Rome wanted to get all the vast ethnicities to have unity behind Caesar. And this movement of Jesus of Nazareth created this community where Jews and Gentiles of all sorts, all of a sudden were saying, Jesus is Lord and you're no longer my enemy. You're my brother. You're my sister. You're my family. And we have oneness in Christ. And so we see this at the end of the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter five, verse nine, we get a scene of eternity of every nation, tribe, and tongue worshiping Jesus together. We take our ethnicity, we take our cultures with us into the new heavens and new earth as redeemed people. There's no colorblind, we're color blessed. And so what we're going to do for all eternity, God created the gospel so that we can do that in the present. So number one, we can't let the devil deceive us into thinking that ethnic unity is not a priority of the gospel. Number two, there is a lack of courage to confront racism in the church and in our country. We have to play a part in the healing through the gospel. We need to be equipped. And that's what I'm trying to do through how to heal our racial divide is to equip us. And then number three, we have to begin to see each other the way Jesus sees us. And then for number four, we got to learn how to have conversations in such a way that we're unoffendable. For example, when minority Christians, Black Christians, Christians of color bring up atrocities in America's past. It's not because we don't love America. It's not because we're not grateful to be Americans. It's because we have to understand that what happened in the past bears weight in the present. 
we have to understand that what happened in the past should not make white Christians feel guilty. They didn't do it. It should make white Christians say, wow, I'm going to lock arms with my brothers and sisters in Christ to say, how do we bring the kingdom of God to earth so that never happens again? And so it takes a lot of security in Christ to have meaningful conversations with Jesus as the core to bring us together, to not tear us apart. So how do we heal our racial divide? Um, The way we heal the racial divide is to understand that the blood of Jesus not only forgives sins, but it brings us into this beautiful family of different colored skin. And our different colors and our different cultures displays the image of God so that the difference of our brothers and sisters make us different for the better. And so we learn to listen, we learn to love, and we learn to leverage our lives for each other. There's no greater love than this, than those who are willing to lay down their lives for their brothers and sisters. To heal the racial divide, it's going to require people who are serious about the gospel and who are serious about love. That's how we heal our racial divide. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello. It's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.